0: I'm Taylor Burgess, lead pastor of Cross Community, and I wanna welcome you to worship with Cross Community Church online. Uh, Really glad that you've chosen to join in with us today, and there's several things that we wanna be able to highlight as we begin our time together this weekend. Uh, First, if you're watching this on Facebook, there's several resources that we've linked to this video so that we can better serve and assist you and stay in communication with you. The first thing we've linked is our online Next Steps card. This is important because it's the number one way we stay connected to our church family. So if you have prayer requests or you have any interest in getting more connected at Cross Community, just fill out that Next Steps card. Our staff will follow up with you throughout the course of the week. We've also linked a COVID-19 impact form. If you or your family have been negatively or adversely impacted by COVID-19 in any way, uh, we're here and ready to serve you. So if you'll take just a moment, uh, share the details of your circumstances with us. And again, our staff will follow up with you throughout the course of the week, and we'll do everything that we can to come alongside you and help. Uh, To this video, we've also linked resources for kids ministry and student ministry. So make sure you check out our Cross Kids Facebook page and website to be able to find uh, resources for family worship from home for kids from pre-K to elementary age, and also our student ministry page is linked here so that you can learn how to get connected as a 6th through 12th grade student with either middle school or high school Zoom calls as our student ministry meets online throughout COVID-19. The last thing we've linked is online giving. We are incredibly grateful for your continued faithful generosity uh, as a church family. We're going to share some wins about that today at the end of our service time together. Um, But thank you so much for how you've continued to faithfully give through this season so that we can meet the needs of our church family, of our community, and continue forward in our mission to preach the gospel and make disciples. We're so glad to have you joining in with us this weekend. We look forward to worshiping with you today.
1: Hey guys, thank you for joining us to worship wherever you are. Before we jump into service, we're gonna start here in the Word. This is Psalm 100, and if you would read this with me. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever in his faithfulness to all generations. God, we come before you today. Uh, to worship you uh, for the sole fact that you are God. Uh, We thank you for all that you've done for us, your steadfast love towards us, your faithfulness towards us, even then we are uh, very, very faithless towards you. Uh, We thank you for your love that you sent your son to die on the cross uh, while we were still enemies of you, that we uh, might have your righteousness when you look on us as we worship today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God uh, we serve. Well, right now, uh, wherever you're at, whether you're at home or you're at work, maybe you're on your lunch break, uh, just take a moment and pull out your Bible, maybe it's your device, uh, and open to John 10. And for just a minute, uh, read through this scripture, John 10, 7 through 10, and then pray uh, that the Lord would speak to you as we dive into his word today.
0: All right. if you're not there already, I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 10. And if you're joining in with us for the first time today, we are in a seven-week series called I Am, where we're looking at seven statements that were made by Jesus throughout the Gospel of John about who He is. So week one of this series, we saw that Jesus is the bread of life who has come to satisfy the eternal hunger of our souls. Then last week, we saw that Jesus is the light of the world who has come to overcome the darkness of sin, and today we're gonna be looking at the claim made by Jesus in John chapter 10 that he is the door of the sheep. When I was in ninth grade, a group of friends that I was running with, um, on a Friday night, we all tried to sneak into a rated R movie together. Now, uh, I'm not gonna give you the pleasure of knowing what movie it was, I'll just tell you that it was the year 2001, and leave it to your imagination to guess what type of movie a group of 14-year-old boys might be trying to sneak into at that point in time, and we had been successful in this venture at this particular movie theater before. This movie theater we went to uh, kind of struggled financially. So uh, generally they didn't really check people's IDs. They would sell tickets pretty much to anyone. They were always short staff. So it was really easy to sneak into a movie. But on this particular night, the movie theater was really busy. Uh so not only were they checking IDs as people were purchasing tickets, they had the manager of the theater standing at the door checking IDs and tickets as people were walking in. So we thought we had a good plan. One of my buddies had an older brother with him who was 18, so we sent him off to buy tickets for us. He gets us the tickets and as we're walking to the door of the theater, the manager already has this look on his face and uh sees the tickets in our hands. We hand them to him. He looks at the movie name and he looks at us and he says, "How old are you guys?" And so all of us standing there looking like most of us are, you know, 14 going on 6. Uh, look at him and and said, well, we're 18. And he's like, well, I need to see your ID, which of course we're all like, well, we don't have our ID with us. He's like, well, then I can't let you into the theater. He's like, guys, how'd you get these tickets? We're like, well, our parents bought them for us. And he's like, well, where are your parents? We're like, well, they're not here right now. And he says, guys, you you gotta go. And ultimately he just kicks us out of the theater. And um, throughout the gospels, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus came at a time where the religious leaders had put themselves in a position where they were checking credentials and making judgments about who was in and who was out, but unlike the doorkeeper at the theater, the religious leaders of the day did not have legitimate reasons for kicking people out. Just the way we've seen the last couple weeks in the first two I Am claims, in John chapter 9, there's a story about something Jesus does that sets up in John chapter 10 the claim about who Jesus is. So in John chapter 9, we find an amazing story of Jesus healing a man who had been blind from birth. After he's healed, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they they just begin to harass him and to question him. How did this happen to you? How did he do these things? How do we know you're not making this up? And he says that Jesus healed him. And because of this, because of that claim, they cast him out of the place of worship. But Jesus finds him, he has compassion on him, and he invites the man to believe in him as his savior. The man believes in Jesus and it begins to worship him. And it's just one of many examples in the Gospels where we see Jesus opening the door to someone that religion had shut out. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. We'll see today in this chapter that he is our portal of entry into life and he's also our protector from the enemy of death. So let's read together from John chapter 10, verses one and two. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way that man is a thief and a robber but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep and to him the gatekeeper opens now we're going to be here in John chapter 10 for the next 2 weeks because there's two I am statements that Jesus makes Jesus says what we'll see today I am the door of the sheep he makes this claim twice And then we'll see next week the claim Jesus makes that he is the good shepherd. And both of these images are critical to understand because Jesus came at a time when the religious leaders had forsaken their chief responsibility as chief shepherds of God's people. And instead, they were shutting the door in the faces of the very people that they had been entrusted to protect. And one of the ways to distinguish between a true shepherd and a false shepherd was by which gate they used. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. So when it comes to distinguishing true shepherds from false shepherds, we see first here in John chapter 10 that the door reveals the true intention. Let's read again, verse 1. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. The door reveals the true intention. After my buddies and I got kicked out of the movie theater, before we finally gave up and walked across the street and just grabbed some dinner, uh, we tried to sneak in through the back of the theater, but unfortunately for us, the doors were locked. And generally, there's really only a couple of reasons to sneak into the back of an establishment. Either it's because you're an employee who's running late and you're trying to come in unnoticed, or it's because you're a thief who's trying to break in and steal. But in either case, we generally only sneak in the back of a place when we're up to no good. Shepherds typically had a porter or a gatekeeper who worked with them to ensure that only the right shepherds came in and the wrong shepherds were kept out. And the true shepherd would come to the gate because there's no reason for him to go around the back. He's the shepherd, this is his sheep pen, these are his sheep, and so there's no concern for him in walking through the front. The gatekeeper would recognize him and he'd let him right in. The only reason for a shepherd to break in was if he didn't belong. So the picture that's painted by Jesus here is a vivid representation of the religious culture of this day. Rather than shepherding and caring for those who belong to the Lord, the false religious shepherds were breaking in and stealing what didn't belong to them. This is reflected in the words in Jesus as, as he cleared the temple in Matthew chapter 21. We, he goes in, begins to turn over the tables of the money changers. He drives them out with whips and he says, my father's house will be called a house of prayer. What's Jesus say? But you have turned it into a den of thieves, of robbers. While the true shepherd enters at the door, the false shepherd enters by deception. We find the famous warning of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew seven fifteen, where Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So since the, the work of the false teachers is deception, they can often be difficult to spot right away. So there's a really simple question that you and I can ask, really simple metric that we can use to determine Who is a true shepherd and who's a false shepherd? And the question is this, what gate did they use? Jesus says that he is the door of the sheep. So does the shepherd come to you through the door of the true gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, through the true gospel of grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone, or do they come from a different door? Do they come to you with something else? Jesus teaches that false teachers deceptively come in with the appearance of innocence. They look like sheep, but actually they're wolves. Today, it might look like coming with false promises of health, wealth, and prosperity. It could look like a compromise message that says that you can keep your sin and still have Jesus. It could be denying key foundational doctrines of the faith, saying that they're not necessary. It could look like arriving in a posture of care and concern, but ultimately taking advantage of the most vulnerable and innocent. Listen, this is maybe the most deceptive of all today. They may come preaching good moral principles and even Bible verses, but never actually get to Jesus. The true intentions of the shepherd will be revealed at the point of entry to the sheep. If they don't enter through the door of Jesus Christ, you can rest assured that they're not a true shepherd. Jesus says to the true shepherd, verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own he goes before him before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice a stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers this figure of speech Jesus used with them but they did not understand what he was saying to them so the door reveals the true intention and second the door provides a clear direction the location of a door is a significant landmark because it gives us clear direction for where to go there's nothing really more frustrating than uh, driving up maybe to a place of business or to a new facility that you've never been before, and you're not really sure which door to use, or you can't seem to to figure out where the front door is. And so you could find yourself very quickly parking in the wrong place or walking all over the property or walking up to multiple doors that are locked before you finally find the right one. And in the same way that we find clear direction by knowing the location of the door, the sheep find clear direction by knowing the location of, of the shepherd. Shepherds have a very unique relationship with their sheep. So so like all of us do who love our pets, we we love them, we take care of them, we give them names. Uh, Sheep can scare and they can become confused easily, but they can quickly be calmed uh, by the voice of the shepherd. Sheep are often thought of as unintelligent, but generally speaking, sheep will not follow a voice that they don't recognize. So the false shepherds, the false teachers, they have to break in and steal because the sheep won't follow their voice. The true shepherd calls his sheep by name. They come to him and they follow where he leads. Now, oftentimes, as the shepherd was walking, he would just cycle through the names of his sheep over and over and over again through repetition as comfort to them. So they could hear the sound of his voice or as they were walking, as they were walking, the shepherd would sometimes just even sing over his sheep so they could continually hear the sound of his voice and have a clear direction for where they needed to go. The voice of the shepherd in one, one moment could bring peace and calm and order to a chaotic flock, Mark or Matthew, chapter nine, verse thirty-six, we see the heart of the shepherd in Jesus and the love that he has for his sheep. And Mark nine thirty-six says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, for they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. If you really dig into the language, what's going on there in in Matthew chapter nine? That word compassion. What you you find quickly is is that what Jesus was feeling and experiencing in that moment was was a deep, just heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching agony within his being. It's almost a physical sickness that he felt for those that he loved. They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's the picture we saw in John chapter 9. Here's a man who has been blind his entire life. And Jesus has had compassion on him and he's healed him. But instead of celebrating that he's been healed, the religious leaders are harassing him and they kick him out of the synagogue. So Jesus has compassion on him. He's harassed and he's helpless and Jesus has compassion for him. His heart breaks for him and he heals him and sets him free. Unfortunately, a lot of this trend continues today as many who have been cast out by the doorkeepers of religion. It seems like in in different sections of the church, oftentimes folks who've, who've really struggled with addiction or if you've walked through divorce or if you've had an abortion or if you've You've gotten maybe even into some significant legal trouble that you wear this this scarlet letter that brands you for the rest of your life and the religious culture shuts the door in your face because of your past or your present struggle. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ is not a doorkeeper, he's the door. And his invitation is that he will call you by name, invite you to follow him, and he sings over you as you go. And you can rest assured that he will never lead you astray. Jesus goes on to say in verse 7, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So the door leads to true intention. It provides clear direction. And third, the door guides to safe provision. That the true shepherds of God will always enter Through the door of Jesus Christ. In verses 7 and 8, Jesus says that he is the door and that all who had come before him were thieves and robbers. The religious leaders of the day were abusive and oppressive along with many others throughout the nation of Israel's history. Centuries before, the prophet Jeremiah had rebuked the false prophets of his day. Jeremiah 23, the Lord speaks through him saying, Behold, I am against those who prophesy lying dreams, declares the Lord and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness when I did not send them or charge them, so they do not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. In the same way, the prophet Ezekiel rebuked the false shepherds of his day, Ezekiel 34, 7-10. through Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. The false shepherds abused and neglected and even slaughtered the sheep, but the true sheep did not follow them because they didn't recognize the sound of their voice. This is one of the truest, clearest evidences that we really belong to Jesus Christ is that we don't follow the voice of other shepherds. We know the voice of our shepherd, he's called us out He's leading us out, and we follow wherever he goes as we listen to the sound of his voice. Jesus has come for those who have been abused and broken by the religious system, and he's called them by name to lead them out of bondage and into freedom. Here's the picture Jesus sets up in verse 9. He says, those who are his will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. During the day, the sheep would graze in the pasture as the shepherd kept watch for wolves. And at night, the sheep came and slept inside the pen as the shepherd guarded the door. And both in their coming and in their going, they never escaped his watchful eye. And this language of coming and going reflects the covenant that God had made with his people in Numbers chapter 27, verses 16 and 17. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep who have no shepherd. Jesus is the door through which you and I come and go. And with our coming and going, we never escape his watchful care. Think of Jesus as an embassy in enemy territory. As soon as we pass through his doors, we enter into the boundaries of his sovereign care, and we can rest in the promise of Psalm 121 the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He will guide us to safe provision. And this is in stark contrast to the false shepherds of the enemy. This is what Jesus says of them in verse 10 the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the work of the enemy. That's the work of the false shepherd to ki- to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, "I came that they may have life and have it abundantly." So the door reveals true intention, it provides clear direction, guides to safe provision and forth. It leads to full salvation. This is the work of the enemy. He steals. He breaks in and he takes what doesn't belong to him. He kills. He ends life and he thrives on death, he destroys. He wants to break down what God has built up and he wants to wreak havoc on our lives, but that is not why Jesus has come. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Far too many of us I fear, I I see this in my own life, I feel like I I see this in the lives of many others. Far too many of us I worry are, are just content to exist. We're just glad to be alive. And listen, we should absolutely be grateful with every single new day for the breath that's in our lungs. But Jesus did not just die so we could exist. Jesus died so that we could live. And not just so we could live, we would live life to the full, that we would live a life complete and total freedom in the power of his name. Back in verse nine, Jesus says, I am the door and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That's saved from your bondage to sin. That's saved from your bondage of religion. That's saved from the power of sin, its strength in your life. That's saved from the penalty of sin, which is suffering and death. Jesus came to undo all of the killing and destroying and stealing work of the enemy, to call us out of what's trapped us in and to call us in to what will set us free. This is what the apostle Paul said about the work of Christ in Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have forged- redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He calls us out of death and then he calls us in to life. He calls us out and then he calls us in with this promise, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And here's the best news ever. Anyone means anyone. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved saved. So the question today for everyone, because everyone isn't anyone, is this, have you entered through the door? If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You know, for, for many today that are watching, or listening in right now, you may have a skewed vision of Jesus in the church because you have suffered at the hands of an abusive religious system. And my, my hope today is, is that you will see that Jesus is inviting you through the door of a new way, that you can see him in a new light and realize that he is not like the false shepherds who have caused you harm. For others today, you, you've just been confused in your faith. You, you feel harassed and helpless by your sin and by the brokenness of this world and Right now, you're in a position you don't really know up from down and left and from, from right, and you feel helpless at the merciless hands of your circumstances, and you just need to look to the door so that you can find a clear sense of direction. But for many others today, maybe you're just anxious. You know, The last two months have been so confusing and so uncertain. You're just worried, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed, you're depressed, and today you need to rest in the promise that you never for one second live outside the boundaries of his sovereign care, and that the Lord keeps your coming and your going today and forevermore. It's never going to change, but for many today, the most important step you could take very simply is to walk through the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The enemy has stolen you away. He's leading you to death. He's trying to destroy you from the inside out, and Jesus is inviting you today to walk through the door. And he says, if anyone enters by me, they will be saved. Anyone means anyone and anyone means you. Even if you've convinced yourself that that's not possible, even if you've convinced yourself that's not true and your sin is too great and you've fallen too far, anyone means anyone. Enter through the door of Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Today, wherever you are, Jesus is inviting you out of death and he's calling you into his home where he's gonna give you life. So Father, what we ask today and in this moment is that you would call us to walk in the door and that we would be faithful to respond. Lord, no matter where we are today, if we're in a place where we're, we're, we're just confused, we're uncertain, we, we can't see things, our, our, our cries just feel drowned out by the, the brokenness of the world that surrounds us, would you, the good shepherd, call out to us where we look to the door and run to you? Father, today for the person who's anxious, who's depressed, who's overwhelmed, who's scared, Father, will you help them to see that you have not for one second lost sight of them, that they have not for one second escaped the boundaries of your sovereign care. Lord, I pray for the one today who just needs to walk through the door, who in this moment needs to come before you in confession, repentance, to turn from their sins, to put their faith in the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ, to find life in you and be saved. So Father, as we we close and as we sing today, will you let these words fall fresh on our hearts that you are the door. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would we walk through you, would we look to you. Today, would we run to you and into the provision and care of the good shepherd. So be glorified as we sing, be glorified as we go, be glorified as we praise your name. And we ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's sing again.
2: I worship you. You are here. It, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Let's sing it again. You <makes humming sounds> never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't
3: feel it, you're working. Stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop as you were. Waymaker, maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the dark.
0: Amen. That is such good truth that we we get to sing together. Jesus is the door. He's the way that we walk through together. as we're we're closing up today. Just a few things we want to make you aware of. Um, We we miss you so much. Um, I I love Sunday right now because I go to the grocery store and that's where I see all of you. And um, that's the best (laughs) opportunity to connect throughout the course of the week. So if you're shopping Sunday, I'll I'll, I'll see you there. But uh, before um, uh, we we get to um, coming back together, there are uh, several things I want to be able to, to highlight for you. If you uh, are watching online, if you're watching on Facebook, all the resources we talked about in The Welcome, uh, those are linked to this post, uh, so make sure you check all those out. Our staff will follow up with feed around uh, throughout the course of the week. If you're watching this later on Vimeo, all those resources are available on our website. It's crosscommunity.org. You can uh, find everything there, and again, we'll, uh, we'll connect with you throughout the course of the week. Uh, we do have a lot of online content that's being released every single week. Um, New City Catechism, which uh, beginning of this year had been part of our worship services, we're now delivering that to you uh, as a Tuesday evening devotional. Uh, So five to seven minutes long each week, you'll hear from a different staff member, different lay leader, uh, just a a very wide range of voices throughout our church family who are going to be sharing personal reflections uh, on those very profound truths. So make sure you check that out uh, Tuesday evenings. And then also uh, this coming week, we'll have week three Rhythms of Grace coming your way. Uh, This is a 10, 12 week study on what we're calling the Rhythms of Grace, more uh, commonly known as the Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, practices like praying, uh, giving, fasting, reading. Um, what do we do with those things? And so it's uh, usually 15, 20-minute video coming to you weekly right now on Thursday evenings um, at 8 p.m., so make sure you check out all those resources. A um, little bit of sad news for student ministry. Uh, they held on as long as they could, but Camp uh, Crossroads Summer Camp, unfortunately, this summer has been canceled. Um, so uh, Cole, I know leaders are, are coming together with a new summer plan right now, so just stay tuned for that. But I do want us to celebrate. Last week, we had a push for camp scholarships where we gave uh, we're going to give a percentage of our offering to camp scholarships. And because of how faithfully you gave last weekend, uh, we had $2,400 that we were able to designate towards camp scholarships. So uh, what we're going to do with that is we'll just earmark it and we're going to hold it for a future trip uh, to make sure that our students are taken care of future trips. So thank you so much just for your faithful giving, uh, even in the midst of that uncertainty. But rest assured, um, that will go to students and, and camp scholarships for um, a future trip. So just stay tuned to Student Ministry for their summer plan. Uh, and then finally, on regathering, there's really no major updates since last week. Uh, fortunately, the YMCA has reopened, but it's, it's very much in a limited capacity. They're in phase one of their plan right now. Uh, because of the current space restrictions, we, we simply cannot meet there together yet. Um, but as the YMCA moves into subsequent phases, uh, we will be able to begin meeting there in at least some sort of modified capacity. So... Uh, I promise you, if you're tired of sitting home watching a video, I'm sick and tired of talking to a camera (laughs) and cannot wait to be back with you in person. So let's just uh, continue to press into the Lord during this season. Let's hang in there, be patient, uh, because I have to believe that the Lord uh, has something absolutely extraordinary planned uh, right on the other side of this. Let's just continue leaning into what he's doing in this season. Again, we love you. We miss you. Uh, Let's say together our banner verse from Psalm 45, 17, and then we'll sing together as we close. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations will praise you forever and ever. Amen. Let's sing.
1: Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Guys, we love you so much. Uh, we miss you so much, uh, but we can't wait to worship with you again uh, next week.